0: Welcome to Pro Se. I'm your host, Amber McKinney, and I'm here with my wonderful co-hosts, Alex Lawson. Hello, Amber. And Haley Knoth. Hello. Unfortunately, this is not only our last episode of the year, but it is also our last episode of the podcast. Our parent company, Lexus, has decided to move toward different priorities, and our program has become a casualty of that. So, Disappointingly, that's what we are here to report to our listeners today, and we want to use this space to sort of give a send-off to the show that we're all so proud of and that we love so much. I looked back. um, We've numbered many of our episodes, but we actually have more than just the numbered ones because we had a lot of specials over the years. Mm -hmm. So according to Apple Podcasts, their count, this will be our 352nd episode of the Pro Se podcast. If you count the period when we were preparing to launch the show back in 2017, all the way through today, it's been seven years of working on Pro Se. That is a ton of podcast time. It feels like it was just yesterday that we started and also a lifetime ago. I know we're all really proud of that time. So today, what we want to do is reflect back on some of the moments of our show that stand out, the things that we're proud of, the happy memories we have from what I consider to just be a wonderful, engrossing experience that we've had together. So that's sort of the lay of the land for the show today. Before we get into those reflections, though, I want to hear from both of my co-hosts. So, guys, last show.
1: Yeah, um, you know, you basically laid out the basics there, but I do just want to underscore, you know, in in, in no uncertain terms, I'm, I'm not trying to... Uh, it's not my intention to air dirty laundry or air grievances or anything like that, but the the show is ending and it, it was not the decision of anyone um, on this call right now. Um, we, I quite enjoyed uh, the direction the show was going. I'm, I'm very proud of the work we've done over the past, you know, like I said, you know, six years and change. And I had some exciting. We, we all had, uh, you know, very exciting ideas for how it would go. Um, this is not, you know, I've, I've allowed myself to think about how the show might end, you know, years down the road, just cause that's kind of a natural human thought, but it was not this. And, uh, I'm not very happy about it at this moment. I'm going to sort of put on a good face here. And I think, and we've got uh, some interesting stuff to talk about and you'll hear from, uh, a very special guest later on in the show. Uh, stay tuned for that. But, This is, it's not even, uh, I don't even think it's fair to say it's bittersweet. I think it's just very bitter um, because we've done good work here and the decision to stop doing that work was made by people who, you know, really don't represent the mission of the show at all. And I don't mean to get too sanctimonious about a legal news podcast or anything like that, but uh, that's about the long and short of it. Um, Haley, uh, what do you, uh, what do you have to say? Yeah.
2: I think that's really well put Alex and I I just want to say I you know I'm the new kid here uh it has been 2 years now which is yeah. pretty crazy but um you you all and and uh you know Bill Donahue and our producers Stephen Trader and Kelly Marcano you really really built this thing and by the time I came on board it was just an incredibly well-oiled machine. Just so much fun to be a part of. Um, I'm really, really impressed with, you, with everything you guys did in the four years before I joined. And I'm really proud of what we've done the past two years. Um, I'm really sad. I was hoping to really uh, be able to make some some brags about Shohei Ohtani in the coming MLB season that <laughs> I really had that on, on deck, but alas, and I
0: even had learned who he is for you, Haley. So oh, God, come on.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. There were a lot. Listen, there were lots of plans uh, that, uh, that went awry here. And, you know, this is, you know, I don't, uh, again, I, no one's that interested in, in, in sort of the sort of backroom dealings of what's going on here this is the end of pro se at least in this form that i understand um and uh it sucks but i did we did want to we we, we wrestled with it, it, it's our year-end show as amber said and we kind of wrestled with doing a normal year-end roundup and that didn't quite feel right in the context of this bigger thing. I don't, maybe, Look, maybe, maybe it's a selfish all, decision, but I didn't really. We
0: all know the yeah. biggest legal news story of the year is the end of this podcast. <laughs> well, yes, obviously. Now, <laughs> is that just my selfish opinion? Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. But that's the, what we're uh, going with. Yeah. The New York and, Times
2: alert is is going to be <laughs> popping off on everyone's phones here a shortly. Good
0: call. I, yeah. I, as much as I agree with uh, all of the team that's worked so hard on this show, that we're extremely sad to see it go. I wanted us to go out by reminding our listeners how important they've been to us, how much support they've shown us over the years. And part of the way to do that is maybe a reminder of some of the things that, you know, made us laugh the most in the show, made us the happiest to report on. So we're going to bring a a few clips to this episode. Um, Haley, I think maybe you could kick us off with, with your recollection from your last couple years in the show. What stands out to you?
2: Yeah. We, over the past two years, I've been, I guess, most impressed with some of the guests we've been able to wrangle. Um, You know, we had people from jury duty on here. We had some really high-profile lawyers from uh, various documentaries. Um, The one that I am personally most proud of and the one that I had the just most fun Doing was when we had um, a former Bachelorette contestant on the show who is also a an attorney with Mayor Brown. That was James Pierce. He was on Charity's season of The Bachelorette, and Alex and I had a blast talking to him.
1: Major white shoe law firms like the one that you work for, Mayor Brown, they tend to be quite image conscious, and I am just curious to know like what going on this show meant. With regard to your job at this law firm, like the idea of like you have to step away from casework and clients, Mm -hmm. did they have any pause about this kind of I mean, I love it, but like, you know, a a certain sort of higher up could see it as, I don't know, salacious or whatever. I would love to know more about that process if there even was one.
3: Yeah, so from the get-go, it was like universal support, which I was shocked by. So, <laughs>
4: me <first> too. Honestly, <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think about big law, you think like, oh, stuffy, like old guys in suits, like nobody has any fun. But this isn't like a pitch for mayor, Brown, by the way. But like, <laughs> honestly, I I start off by talking to like the guidance counselor role in the firm, and I was like, hey. I've got something that I guarantee you, you have never had to deal with before, ever. (laughs) And she was like, all right, hit me. I've heard everything. I was like, I bet you haven't heard this. Um, Was wondering what your thoughts would be on, like, me going on reality TV and being on The Bachelorette. And she was like, you're right. I have never heard about this before. (laughs) This is way outside my purview. So then after that, it was like, it was conversations with firm management. Uh, It was conversations with our, like, risk team. And then finally, you know, well, I guess more initially than that was conversations with the partners that I work for a lot. And I do the majority of my work for two partners here in the fund finance group. And they were, they thought it was hilarious. They were like, yes, (laughs) you have to go. Uh, A different, a different partner was like, if you don't go, I'm not going to give you any work anymore. This is going to be the coolest thing that's ever happened to me by proxy. Um, and no, I was grateful for that. It made it made stepping away really a lot easier, and then sure. coming back was was kind of a breeze, just because everybody was on you know team James. They were having <laughs> oh yeah, they were having they were having weekly meetings when I was on the show, oh, you know, damn. to talk about the spoilers and be like, oh, do we think James is still on there? Is he home yet? Like, what's he been doing? Oh, I saw this picture that. Reality Steve posted about him or something. So <laughs> to hear about all that, that was really flattering. Um, and it was nice. I, I think it speaks to a, a good firm culture if you let your associates do something as crazy as going on reality TV.
1: Man, I mean, what a culmination! I we 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 get into this a little bit later on the show uh, with uh, uh uh with our guest, but yeah, I mean, we. We Amber and Bill and I had been like kind of dabbling in the bachelor bachelorette world for years, like honestly, ever since the show began. But I want to give you your flowers on that, Haley. I mean, you booked James yourself. Basically, you were running the gauntlet of (laughs) ABC legal, uh, all the whatever NDAs they sign. I don't even know what the deal is. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that was that was truly a proof of concept moment for pro se. Like, years into our run, I was I was delighted to be part of it.
0: I also really love that you selected that as your <laughs> one of your top memories because Pro Se has a long history of pop culture obsession. So we've had episodes about Jury Duty, Wild Wild Country, We Own This City. Um, I got to talk to author Scott Tarot, which is a little nerdier than the other things I mentioned, but I was so excited to do it. Um, we also are the official podcast She-Hulk listens to in the Marvel universe. Hell Yeah. So, a lot of high watermarks in the pop culture world and this fits right in with that.
1: Yeah, our 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 pop culture coverage runs deep and I I have a couple of those. I I honed in on a couple of moments here. I I I couldn't really choose just one. I I wanted to rattle off a couple before I get to like sort of my specific, you know, choice that we can that we can discuss, but I did want to shout out uh, this is going back many years at this point. Um, I thought our coverage of the Brett Kavanaugh um, confirmation process was quite good. Um, that's uh, that's episode 73 on the initial uh, uh, hearing with uh, Christine Blasey Ford. We we did a – I thought Stephen Kelly did an awesome job weaving in sound from that, like, really fraught day. And then also we did we did follow-up reporting on that, episode 269, with Kara Bayless on the lingering questions from the uh, investigation into Kavanaugh, many of which are still somewhat – murky. Um, I was also quite proud of the work that Steve and I did with our interview with Jonathan Skirmetti. That was from the Burtons this year. Um, that was from episode 303. That was just a very, I thought a very candid, uh, interview with a public official, which we're always happy to, to, to do. And I think brings a lot of value to, for the listeners. Um, back, uh, back in 2019, episode one seventeen, we did a show called can a robot get a patent which I thought we were, that was uh, Ryan Davis came on the show, and I just thought we were. It's, it was a really good segment. I listened to it again, and we were just pretty far ahead of the curve on a lot of like the AI legal questions that are very of the moment right now. That was four years ago we did that. That's was, a good call,
0: Alex, that. because, you know, on the backs of Ryan's great reporting, we really were um, well ahead of it being sort of this all encompassing ai moment that we've lived through this year.
1: Yeah, um also episode 135 that was the beginning of 2020 and that was on that, that was actually on Trump's uh, first impeachment. We you know, a lot of the show has been defined by like how exactly to cover Donald Trump's various legal shortcomings in a way that's different that brings more value than something you might've read at the New York times or on CNN or Fox news or wherever you're getting your kind of boilerplate political news. This was on Trump's first impeachment. And it was quite a good explainer of like the Senate's like impeachment trial process. We had, uh, Norm Ornstein on from the American enterprise Institute, which, uh, we, over the years, we got some comments about being like liberal hacks, but let, let it just be said that, uh, we brought on an AEI fellow to talk about Donald Trump. So uh, just wanted to just wanted to float some bona fides in that direction. I'm also quite happy uh, back on the pop culture beat. The very first uh, Amber, I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember this is back? This is episode 71, fall of 2018. We did like a mock Emmys show. Oh,
0: my gosh. Of course. Where We handed
1: out awards for, you know, legal TV you know, episodes.
0: We, ha- we, we had a good run of. Uh, mock awards because we did um, some Emmys then we did some movie takes for um, Oscars Oscars then yeah. we also did a Grammy based show where we actually had a Spotify playlist to go with that one Legal Songs
1: those were all so. good the reason I honed in on the Emmys thing though is actually Steve's St- Steve Trader's work on the intro of that show again it's episode 71 um, I honestly like I have this saved as a standalone file on my phone <laughs> and I honestly just listened to it uh to like I don't know get jacked up before I like go to the gym. It's like an amazing <laughs> piece of audio production riffing on the um the law and order theme song. But um my my choice for the for the, like the the moment, the, the the story that I'm actually most proud of and I think kind of crystallized a lot of what um made Pro Se awesome is actually from episode 149. That was an interview that Bill and I did with Judge Jed Rakoff, uh, who's a, a, a New York federal judge. And this is in May of 2020. We're like not even two months into COVID outbreak. And the the thrust of the segment was about the sort of chaos that the early days of the pandemic brought upon the federal judiciary. And I just thought it was like a really great example of like hearing him talk in an audio form quite candidly about stuff that was going on in the court was quite a value add even beyond just like if we had, you know, interviewed him and transcribed it. Um, he's a very congenial guy, very thoughtful guy. And it was, uh, really cool to have him join us to talk about that. And he talked about like a few of the, a few of the quirks that arose in the early days of like virtual court hearings. If, uh, I think we have some sound on that.
4: Maybe about two thirds into it, there was again, Uh, some background noise and I didn't pick up the words at the time, but you guys did. (laughs) And it was to the effect of, gee, this is so boring. Uh,
1: (laughs) And so much for a case of
4: national importance. Well, (laughs) no, no, I thought, gee, that's the greatest compliment uh, any judge or lawyer can get. Um, We're we're not interested in creating it entertainment. We're interested in serious issues. So, um the boring the more boring the better but well
1: this is and this is actually interesting cuz i cuz i really doubt anything like that would have remotely happened in open court in person someone had someone someone like trying to say right. that even within remote earshot
4: of you so right. and, they and, and, and in they might it have went to their to their colleague <laughs> in the third row but something like that but <laughs> right a, a different point afterwards i called our tech guys and they said, oh, there's a way, and they showed me how to do it for the future, where the host of the call, which was me, can right. mute, can mute the, uh, everyone on the line from my end. Oh. Um, I so, bet you wish you had that power in real life, Judge, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> yes, particularly when my children were younger, but uh, <laughs> uh, in any event.
1: Yeah, you know, this is what I'm talking about. A lot lot of candor from the judge there. Like that was like a clarion moment for like to be like, oh, yeah, the judge was given the power to literally mute everyone from talking. This is a brave (laughs) new world of uh, of court hearings. So I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a short list. I I could go on and on. Um, But uh, those are some high points for me. I I, I remain quite proud of uh, of the work we've done. And that's just a that's just a sampler.
0: Alex, I love that you picked something that was with a judge because I just couldn't resist that sweet, sweet well of pop culture um, yeah. <laughs> to go back to because that's you know, it's it's been so fun to weave together some of my my favorite loves, which is the law and anything that's related to TV, music, movies, all of that. Um, my honorable mention shout out, if you will, is actually our lawyer draft that we did oh, this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't select it to replay any audio today simply because it feels like gloating. I stand by. I th- I think I won that draft, guys.
1: Mm, I, well, really I mean, uh, mm. well, I mean, Haley the, the the headline from the draft is that Haley lost it. No offense. <laughs> I mean <Okay. laughs>
2: I think that I won because my team is just so expansive as far as their uh, various
1: no i mean back-
0: background <laughs> they won't beat any of my team in you don't even believe you what you're that saying if Haley you want.
1: <laughs> Haley drafted lawyers that and, and again i uh, i was i was hoping to revive this bit because obviously we left a lot of like very sure, prominent fictional lawyers, lawyers on the table we were going to run it back with the existing picks off the table and, and and redraft from the pool i'm pretty confident Haley, that like we could have we could have had like four or five lawyer drafts before anybody drafted anybody that you took
2: okay. in in the That's... very
1: first one. With the maybe Sandy. the exception <laughs> of no.
2: You would not draft Sandy Cope. No. The I man,
1: forgot he was a lawyer, to be honest. The man I mean.
2: practices
0: every single type of guys, Like, we're falling down the rabbit hole again. I know, I know. But you I can know. see, this is why it's an honorable mention. Yeah, you can yeah. see how passionate we are about it, how excited we are about it. Yeah, yeah. And the clip I actually wanted to re-up today um, has that same fervor for me. Uh, it was, you know, we're going to get into this a bit later, too. And I think we have many references to this series in this final episode, but... I loved, loved our Pro Se Movie Club. We did, <laughs> in the summer of 2021, we released nine episodes, nine different movies. Again, like I said, it brings together my two great loves in life, pop culture and the law. So now let's hear a clip from our very first episode of Movie Club. This one centered on one of my favorite movies, Legally Blonde. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been pretty clear during this conversation. <laughs> I love this movie. So I have nothing but good things to say. Um, but let's go around uh, the group and see what our consensus is. Newbie Bill here. Yeah.
5: Well, I think that, Amber, your take has been the best one, and that is the thesis of the movie. I've heard it from numerous female friends, many of whom are uh, now attorneys, that that this is a real thing, that there was this moment in the early 2000s where, you know, it is not an insignificant thing to be told that you can be smart and powerful and driven and and all the other trappings there but also embrace you know the quote unquote girliness that that you want to that it doesn't have to be one or the other so i think that's a you know that's a, a a real thing particularly in something as conformist as the legal profession the other thing i wanted that i just really really enjoyed about this movie is that we talked on this episode and we've talked in previous episodes about Inaccuracies and in legal movies, and whether or not they, uh, you know, they impact the movie. And yeah. I thought this was the best example of we just spent twenty minutes talking about how so much was wrong here. Yeah. But the spirit of this movie is so right that it, yeah. it, it hits that theme that that you were just that we were just talking about, and of feeling. Alienated because of who you are in a profession. I mean that that can't speak to the legal profession enough. That can't speak to law school enough. So yeah. despite all the the little things that it maybe technically got wrong, I thought that this movie nailed what it was trying to do and and therefore was just a really effective legal movie.
1: Yeah. Um it paints a really a really earnest portrait of like what the law can be and how it can be practiced. Because I for me it's like it's not just that. It's not just that L isn't the kind of person who goes to an elite law school. It's that when she gets there, she takes a more like compassionate approach. I thought about the scene where, you know, Brooke is uh, Brooke has an alibi, right? She got liposuction, but this is embarrassing for her, and L says she won't uh, disclose the alibi. Now, this is probably not optimal legal strategy. But that's not really the point because it gets to the purity of her character and it creates this like idealized version of how attorneys can practice. And it's like be be sensitive to the needs of your clients. Right. I mean, this is, a, you know, this woman's on trial for her life for all intents and purposes. And this is a principle she holds. Um, And so uh, she it's, it's really she's really a beacon in that way. And there's like a. I like that the movie quickly abandons the go to law school to get your boyfriend back thing. Because there's a worse sort of shallower version of this movie where that actually like happens. Where that's the journey. Sure, where right. it's just the elevator pitch. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, And it's not that, obviously, as we've laid out here. She uh, recognizes her own self-worth and unlocks this potential within herself. Um, and like I say, it's, um, uh, it's very endearing, very uplifting. I uh, uh, quite enjoyed revisiting it.
0: I love that you're all takes on this because we're all of a mind here yeah, about yeah. why this movie's special for me. I think back to, I can't remember if it was a one L or two L, but I'd gone to like a sort of a law school mixer type thing where there were actual practicing attorneys there. And you were just supposed to like mix and mingle network, whatever. And I walk into this big ballroom and I am in a, a pantsuit gray. So nothing crazy here, guys. I wasn't dressed like Elwood's. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone else in the entire room had on black. Not oh, okay. one person in a navy <laughs> or a gray or anything. Even Vivian would have stood out in that sea of like yeah. people in a black suit. So for me and other women like me, um, I really love the message that there's no one right way to be a lawyer. Yeah. That Elle's an extreme. She's all pink and glitter. Sure. But she stands in for the notion that you don't have to do it one way to be successful. I think that's why so many women latch onto this movie and it sort of pushes them to think that they can do it. Um Elle, the movie ends with this coda of Elle giving a speech at her law school graduation. And I just wanted to read a little snippet of that that I really love. I've come to find that passion is a key ingredient to the study and practice and practice practice of law and of life. It is with passion, courage of conviction,
2: and strong sense of self that we take our next steps into the world. Remembering that first impressions are not always correct. You must always have faith in people. And most importantly, you must always have faith in yourself. Congratulations, class of 2004. We did it!
0: Love this movie, guys. I love it.
5: It's well said. I had a great time.
0: I wanted to pick that clip for a few reasons. One, I love the movie. And part of why I love it, it's a really hopeful one about what the law can be at its best and its most inclusive. And that's always, in a way, how I felt about Per Se. It's a place where we could be both thoughtful about legal issues, but also never abandon our own personalities and the fun that's within all of these important stories that we've covered on the show. And I think that may be a lesson I took from Elle Woods, to be honest. L at the end of that clip we shared, is talking about passion being a key ingredient in the study and the practice of law. And it definitely is. But it's also always been a key element of our show too. One of our guiding principles has always been in our production meetings, if somebody came in really excited to talk about something that happened that week in the law, those are the, sh- the stories we picked. And I feel really proud about that because I think it's shown that we are interesting, engaged people, which is what I always wanted us to be for our listeners. And I think our passion has shown through in the stories and made it more accessible for other people as well. For Our last episode of the show, we're joined by a very special person. I don't even want to call him a guest because he's <laughs> integral to the fabric of pro se. It's our beloved o g Bill Donahue Bill, welcome back
1: hello, hello oh, one last I hello hello for that. the fellas for the fellas and the yeah uh, throw and it and down ladies. one more time yeah yeah you know when we when we learned we were singing the pro se swan song here it there was some light deliberation on who the last guest should be and then it became very apparent uh very apparent here so thank you thank you buddy for uh, for joining us again well i know you guys tried to get the entire united
5: states supreme court to come on um and uh, <laughs> honestly Bill, we had a lot of takers unfortunately
0: no no we had mm-hmm, a lot of takers mm-hmm. and we thought who's more important here in our final episode is it a justice or is it bill donahue and we opted for you
5: well, I'm just thrilled to be back. I mean, um, you know, after these 2 years of vacation, obviously you guys know <laughs> I had a lot of PTO piled up and um uh it's been I saw the world. It was lovely, uh
1: but I'm just thrilled to be back in the in the seat. I did uh, I mean, on that note, I I did want to I mean, I want to talk to you about some, you know, we're, we'll do some reflections and some recollections, I'm sure. I did just, just just since it has been more than 2 years since the people heard your voice, I wanted to give you some space to just uh Give us an update. What have you been working on? What have you been doing? Uh, catch catch the people up, because I still get questions about, uh, about whatever happened to Bill. So please speak on it.
5: I've mostly just been working on being... Uh, a father Um yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a full time job um no i left uh i left law three sixty yeah two years ago two and change ago to go to um billboard to be their uh senior legal correspondent which has been super fun um it's been uh you know really interesting to there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of other subject matter um that sort of uh you know is different than what i what i used to cover here at law 360 a lot more criminal stuff um yeah. you know it sort of more approximates what we did here on the show which is you know really no legal subject matter sort of specialized yeah. area uh you know and just really covering the whole legal world anything that has to do with music um
0: we really could have used that expertise back on per se because I had to lead a segment on Lizzo and it felt bad. I really needed to do
5: <laughs> Well, I mean, Amber, you and I talked about the Lizzo case. Uh, we You did. know, via some texts. I needed some guidance on that because, as much as I say that I know, you know, all the different areas of the law, I would say employment is still one of my weaker spots. <laughs> so I needed a little guidance on on that lawsuit. Um, but, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been great. Um, it's, uh, I have, I've missed all my, all my friends at at law 360, but it's been, um, it's been fun to get out there and, and experience something new. And I just wanted to say in the time that, that, uh, since I left, I I've listened to the show a lot, and you guys have continued to do great. Haley, it's been you've been you've been terrific. Um, so I'm just uh, you know, I, it's I wish I wish we were here under better circumstances, but <laughs> sure. but it is good to be it is good to be back.
0: Well, in the vein of you know better circumstances, one of the things we were doing before you joined us to chat this afternoon uh, is going through some of our sort of key moments, favorite recollections of the show. So I wanted to ask you the same question. Like you were with us for all of the beginning of many years of this program. What stands out to you as you look back?
5: Um, I think, you know, without a whole lot of, you know, it do- doesn't take me long to think of this. I-, I think the best, our best moment was when we recorded an entire podcast about the film Liar Liar. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Jim Carrey, legal, you know, mystical romp uh from 1997 <laughs> i believe um
0: but do you uh, feel was... cheated that it wasn't big daddy
5: i do i, I had I still yeah i wanted I to give you <laughs> big daddy as a legal adjacent film
1: well i wanted to like i mean i had designs honestly if this had kept going on reviving pro se movie club uh we i wanted to do it this year and then like the the, the sort of slow time of year turned out to be a little bit busier than we thought I was going to invite you back. I mean, I want to give you some space to like, make the case to the people as, as about a big daddy as like, not
0: a I if, don't think I, if guys, not a legal do procedural. I need, but, like, do I need you to know.
5: make the case? I mean, look, the movie culminates in a, in a climactic courtroom scene. It, it concerns a bunch of big law partners, mm. uh, you know, law school and and is a, is a key part of the backstory of all these characters. Um,
0: Honestly, the I don't like get World into it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to get into it because one of the key plot points is feeling like you got your law degree and that it didn't quite work out. And is it called Big Daddy Colon the Amber McKinney story? <laughs> oh
1: boy, <laughs> yes.
5: Well, and there's also I you know, I'm just thinking of these as we go. I, listen, guys, I, I the listeners, I was not prepped about what these questions would be. So, <laughs> I'm just going off the top of my head here, but what well, isn't there also like a legal settlement in the film about about a, you know, a, a personal injury?
1: Yeah. lawsuit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, so, yeah, he settled with the city because his foot got run over by a cab and he um he invested guy, big in big daddy. Yeah. Legal film. Yeah. Well, th- uh, there, there's man. also an offhanded <laughs> suggestion about litigating under the foreign corrupt practices act, which is by no it's means any all. kind of statute that you might like accidentally think to cite. It's like, sure. And then the guy, Alan Cover is just like, yeah, you know what? Good call. I got to get back to the office. <laughs> 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 very, uh, yeah, very funny stuff.
5: To answer your question more seriously, um, <laughs> I mean, the, I think what I remember most just because of when we started the show was sort of the endless, uh, Trump era litigation that was going on, which, which it, you know, it's sort of hard to distinguish one thing from another now. But, um, you know, there was, there was a lot of litigation, but there was also a lot of, um, you know, all the Supreme Court justices that were nominated during that time. And I'm trying to think of other like specific, what, what shows come to mind for you guys of like specific, um, well, uh, you know, big moments?
0: When I think about uh, not just the show itself, but when I think about the Bill Donahue contribution to the show, one <laughs> yeah. of the things that always springs to mind for me are all of the huge, you know, no surprise since Billboard snatched it right up from us, but. The huge music trials. I mean, we covered a lot of ground there and played a lot of competing uh, tunes on the show that um, were allegedly stolen in various capacities. And it was great all those years to have you explain in ways that, you know, I think taught our listeners a lot, but also taught me a lot about some of the nuances around those big lawsuits.
5: I specifically remember (laughs) the... Uh, the meatloaf case, yeah, of course. Where oh, we yeah. were struggling with what AP style would be on second reference, and we, we started referring to him as as loaf. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah the it's New say, Times, the New York Times. The say New York Times loaf. He would be Mister Loaf. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's a thing <laughs> it's I run uh, into a lot with with Megan the Stallion. Yeah, yeah. oh sure. Because it sort of approximates, like, a last name. Like, it's it's easy when it's sort of a, a general name that doesn't – or a general sort of, like, moniker that doesn't seem like a name. <laughs> but then you get into, like – you're like, do I call her Stallion on second reference? Do I, <laughs> like, do I call her Megan? That's a little TMZ-y. I,
0: uh, I view the Stallion as more like an honorific, like, um, you know <laughs> – yes. uh, I, I do think a lot about Rome. So, disclosure there, I guess. But, you know, like, <laughs> if you were an ancient leader and you were – um. The yes. wise, yeah. or you know, yeah,
1: the, the wise. Yeah. barbaric, yeah. Or, horrific, yes. or whatever, yes. yeah.
0: the yeah. stallion.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, sure. One thing, of course, that leapt to my mind, and it's so weird that this that I I actually thought about this like a couple of weeks ago before any of us knew that this was all going to come, you know, crashing down. But one of the all-time examples of Bill and Alex just kind of getting wild when Amber's on vacation was episode one seventy uh, at the end at the end of that episode, Bill, I'm sure you'll remember this when I say it, of course, where of course. we um went through the Yelp reviews of the Supreme Court cafeteria <laughs> uh, where I mean yeah, 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 that'll yeah, yeah. give you that a glimpse good. into how hard up we were for for ideas at that time. Now that was three years ago we did that, and there were only five reviews. And I actually looked like I, I looked just, just on a complete lark the other day. Two new reviews. Would you like Love to hear this. them?
5: Circling back. I'm Not circla- letting the story. Look, look, you got to follow the
1: story <laughs> to it to the end. I got you know, I got them here. Under.
5: Look at this. Or in this case, follow the Yelp reviews.
1: These are. And honestly, the, the timing is, is pretty well observed here. These are these two new reviews were only list, were only uh, made in the last two months. Here's a four star review from Calvin H. of the Supreme Court Cafeteria. A good selection of grab and go foods and a kiosk for made to order foods. One thing to watch out for is sometimes they call your order number when ready, and other times you need to check the pickup stand. Four stars. You would have no idea this person's talking about the highest court in the land. I mean, if there's one <laughs> common critique of the Supreme Court, it's that it's a bit of a procedural
5: black box. Well, so, that's true. Uh, you know, I think that's what this person is confronting just in a
1: slightly different venue.
5: Sometimes
0: Uh, they say, oye, (laughs) oye, and then a number, and sometimes they don't.
1: Yeah. Uh, Here's the other one. Uh, (laughs) This is from KM. I have not been able to confirm if this is from uh, Pro Se producer Kelly Marcano, but I didn't ask him. So uh, two months ago, three stars. Go for the historic value of the location, but stay for the delicious club sandwich. The Italian (laughs) club is a hard skip. Don't waste your time or money. A Starbucks is located in this area and has the standard items. This is kind of a schizophrenic review. They say that the club (laughs) sandwich is great and then that the Italian club sandwich is not to be trifled with at all. But uh, I did want to close the loop on that because I love the minutia of Supreme Court cafeteria Yelp reviews.
5: Wow. Well, I mean... I do feel like we've gone full circle then for the for the listeners.
1: Yeah. Um, You also mentioned this uh, earlier. Uh, You're a dad now. Honestly, you got married, had a kid and left New York like since you since you left the show. Um, And I mean, that's like that that's a lifetime. Yeah, um, I've been
5: doing uh, sort of an excruciating amount of living uh, in, the, in the last uh, two years. I did uh, really just packing them all in.
1: Yeah, I mean, I did. I, again, I I I do get questions about you know sort of like what what Bill's up to and like ah oh, we missed Bill on the show. Um, but I you know it is you know, sliding doors you know roads not taken or whatever. But I I think at least the listeners were spared from us becoming another of the countless like podcasts out there that just have two washed up dads doing dad takes so we didn't have to do that i've yeah i mean, I've you mean kept that's not that that gonna check. be
0: your spinoff show that's well I, I don't expecting.
4: know
1: yeah i mean you know it's like th- th- there would have been countless you know patters about like hey listen my kid he fell down can you believe that <laughs> my kid just he went to sleep and then he woke up before i wanted him to crazy non-productive
5: i believe a reviewer once referred to that as non-productive chit chat uh,
1: <laughs> that's true oh boy. Sure yes did. yes um but yeah i don't know uh so we don't have that um i also suspect if you would stayed on uh we probably would have we probably would have wrangled a a uh, legal segment out of our obsession with immaculate grid this is a this is a daily baseball trivia show uh or a, a trivia game that bill and i converse about on basically a daily basis, that probably would have made it into show canon at some point. Probably. Well, okay, let me
5: ask you guys this. What in, you know, the last two years, what are some of the um, you know, the highlight shows that that I missed? Um, you know, obviously I was listening from a distance, but uh, but I want to hear it from you guys.
0: For me, um, as much as I love you and love Alex, there was a period, particularly when Alex was on his paternity leave, yeah. where we'd been testing a bunch of people, had a A bunch of great people join um, and co-host with me. And then we really zeroed in on Haley. And we also had Dean Seal at that time. And so the two of them really held it down with me. And I can't thank both of you enough for that period because it really was kind of like, all my host friends are gone. What what are we going to do here? Um, (laughs) But those shows came out great. I'm really proud of them. Haley, we did it. I'm going to say it. We did a great job during that period.
2: I, I was going through... Um, some of those episodes from the the Dean era um, <laughs> yesterday. And I really, I, I feel the need to apologize, but also I'm proud, I guess, that I steered us toward reality television with, like, such a fervor that... It was great. ...that really went off the rails a few times. <laughs> so, no, um.
1: no, no, no. <laughs> that's, that, that's not true. I mean, that was always in the DNA of the show and, like, honestly bringing you on board, like... Really steered into the skid if we're being honest. I mean, that's 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 really that that allowed for a certain amount of glow up there, I think.
0: I mean, truly, Haley, how do you think you landed this gig? Because <laughs> you nailed it. That's what happened. I well, yeah. Uh
2: look, Mom, it's not all <laughs> bad to watch reality TV. <laughs>
1: I thought you were talking to Amber there for a second and I was like, this, this 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 really <laughs> took a took a turn the name. No, that no, would no. be
5: a real twist to learn that
0: Amber was <laughs> yeah. his mother. Guys, uh, I know yeah. I'm older than
2: you all but yeah. not no, that no, much. No, no. Come on. I'm not old enough to be my mother. No. No, no.
1: Deep in the um, lore. Yeah, I know of, uh, Well, of, of and I mean. obviously
5: that narrative culminated in uh, the the bachelor contestant coming on the show which uh, or bachelorette,
2: sorry.
1: Yeah. Um
2: yes. Which That was, was a high amazing. point. Uh, for sure. Yeah,
1: couldn't really believe it uh, even as it was happening. Uh, The other thing I did want to mention, I think Steve has some has some sound on this uh, back to movie club, one of my all time favorite Bill moments. uh, And then we can uh, we can kind of we do a parting shot here or something uh, was on the the uh, honestly one of the most legendary movie club episodes on on the devil's advocate. And (laughs) uh, I don't know if you remember this, Bill, there was there was an exchange about how much. Al Pacino content we were going to be doing during the show, and certain promises were made and certain promises were broken. Uh, Steve, if you uh, want to uh, pull that up for a trip down memory lane, I think Bill and I should try to keep the Pacino impressions to a minimum. We've been pretty good so far. We're about 20 minutes in. We haven't said a peep. I can't promise that that will hold, but uh, I won't have any. I will. I will say that now I can commit to that right here and now. 20, 20 minutes later, into the same podcast, we got this.
0: He's saying it in a really negative way. Acquittal
1: after acquittal after
0: acquittal. But wait, here's the thing. we on... I think that
1: counts as a Pacino impression, by the way. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Broke the rules.
1: <laughs> it wasn't even a good...
2: Pacino impression
5: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I could, you know it'd be one thing if I had just a killer Pacino but um, I just know no, you I think, I think I was caught up in the moment I, I just mean, know you better a... than you
1: know yourself I didn't buy that for a moment like, I was just like, there's no way he's gonna be able to to resist the clarion call of just like it's a certain cadence you start talking about Al Pacino for like 20 minutes on a podcast and you're gonna, you're gonna slip into the void I mean, it's just, it's, well, it's, it's a natural the pa-
5: just the power of of that film, you know, the power of cinema, I I think, uh, really pulled me in there, you know, when, uh, you know, John Milton, listen, (laughs) if I can leave anyone with anything from, from six years of pro se, I
1: would say, go watch the devil's advocate. (laughs) Uh, it's
5: (laughs)
0: that's our big takeaway, obviously (laughs)
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, all right, buddy. Uh, you know, uh, again, we said it before we even hopped on, I wish we could have had you back on, under more rollicking circumstances or something. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it didn't feel right to, to sort of go out here and not have you, uh, have you give one last contribution. So, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you got any other sort of, uh, general takes or whatever, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. And, um,
5: I think I said it when, on my last episode and I'll say it again, it was, it was a joy to do this show with, with, with you guys every week and I think we made something really good and really special and, um, you know, it's ending now, but that, but that experience certainly won't go away for me. Um, and I don't think, uh, you know, it has to go away for you guys either. It's, it's the show, the show isn't happening anymore, but, um, but, you know, we made something really, really great for going on six, seven years. So it was a highlight of my career and, and, um, yeah, I I won't, I won't start weeping again, like, like my last time, but, um, but, but yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on and, um, we will, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks buddy.
1: we've come to the end of the road. Uh, this is normally the part of the show where we do something goofy and fun. That will not be the case today as you've no doubt ascertained by now. I think this is probably just a good enough place as any to offer some, some parting thoughts. Uh, Amber, I'll, uh, I'll throw it to you first.
0: Yeah, I thought a lot about this before we sat down to record today, and it's honestly hard to articulate exactly what the show's meant to me, but I can absolutely say it's been a professional endeavor that I have found the most gratifying and that I'm the most proud of. It's allowed for both creativity and also a thing that I find most motivating in my career overall, and that's being able to distill what's complex and share it with other people. I won't be surprised if my co-hosts don't agree with that, too. I mean, I think as journalists, that's something that just gives us such a, a feeling of satisfaction to be able to do for others. And on top of that, this whole podcast was done with colleagues that I also consider my friends, who I respect so much. I couldn't have asked for a better set of people to have with me week in and week out over the last seven years. It's been a joy, but it's also a lot of work. So having colleagues to do it with that I just love spending time with has made it all the better. That, of course, includes my fantastic on-air co-hosts who've always had great ideas for the show. You guys have made me think, made me laugh, sang songs, talked about ghosts, you know, whatever was going on here. (laughs) Also our excellent producers who edited hundreds and hundreds of hours of audio always made us better than we actually are. Um, They have all the blackmail material in the world, and I appreciate if they can keep that to themselves. Um, And I uh, sort of, as a final shout out, I want to just give big props to our entire newsroom family, the people that came on as guests, the people that wrote stories that we use to build our show each week and just generally how they supported us in ways both big and small. We absolutely could not have done pro se without the entire Law360 staff. I will always be grateful.
2: Yeah, this was such a, to your point, Amber, this was such a fun way to get to know people from all corners of the newsroom because we would, you know, be reading someone's work. and, And it's one thing to see someone's byline, but it's another to be able to talk to them about it and see their face on a Zoom call or in person. That's been absolutely my favorite part of this. Um and yeah, it's just you guys, this was my this was my favorite part of my job. This was the best part of my week. Um I think we all agree that as much as we love, you know, hammering away on our little keyboards all day, <laughs> this this was a nice way to break things up. Um, and I learned so much and made so many friends. Love that we were able to uh, talk about ghosts. I mean, in all these things that we were able to shoehorn into a legal news podcast. i'm I'm impressed. I'm grateful <laughs> that that you both allowed me to talk about some of those things and encouraged that. It's been a fun ride.
1: It certainly has um all of all of that uh, um everything you guys said is uh, I I echo a thousand percent. You know, I've I've been at the company for ten and a half years. I think I'm I think I'm the longest tenured uh, outside of Kelly, uh I'm the longest tenured uh person uh on the pro se crew. Um you know, I've been in the company for 10 and a half years and I've been working on this show for, you know, six and a half years, basically. And, you know, to just just like you said, Haley, it it, it has been very clear from the start of this project that this has been like the driving force of my entire professional output for, you know, the better part of 10 years. And, you know, I I always think about, you know to what extent you have a job you enjoy. And it comes down to three factors where it's like, do you make enough money? Do you enjoy what you do? And do you enjoy the people you work with? Now I'm always trying to get more money. Let's not, let's not (laughs) mince words about that. Okay. But I'm very, but I'm comfortable I would say. And then the next two criteria, certainly since, since we began this project um, have just, have just, you know, surpassed expectations in spades and you know i don't I don't mean to get too grandiose or too self important about a podcast. There are lots of podcasts to listen to to get news, to get legal news, whatever you want to do. and to the extent that you ever you the listener ever chose pro se and prioritized pro se, we are eternally grateful for that um and it was always a team effort um you know it's a it's a handful of people who literally put the show on. But it was always an outgrowth of the great work that we do here, um, which is, you know, runs hundreds of people deep. And it was I never lost sight of that. And I never will. Um, Again, this is ending, you know. uh, You know, under circumstances that I don't think anybody would have chosen. And I don't really know what the future holds. Uh, I disagree with this decision. And again, I'm not trying to go scorched earth here or anything, but I do just want to be very clear on that. I think the show had a lot more to give. I'm dismayed that we won't be able to, but I thought Bill made a good point during our interview. He's always had a little bit of a rosier world outlook than I have. And, you know, in my, you know, in my darkest moments about what's going on here, I will be grateful that we got to do it at all. Um, and that, you know, we were able to give you the news in a way that's a little bit different and hopefully a little more informative than you might've gotten elsewhere. And, um, you know, I, I loved working on this project and I loved working with all of you and, uh, I will miss it. I will miss it dearly. And, uh, I, I guess that's all I have to say. I, there's in some vague notion of an audio presence that will continue. I don't really know what that's going to look like, but um, you know, this is the end of the road for this iteration of pro se. And uh, just a, just a sincere thank you to, to you, the audience and to all of you, my, uh, my co-hosts and my editorial uh, partners here. I, uh, I will, I will, I will treasure these memories dearly. So thank you.
0: One last time, I'm going to give our full roster of credits here. I want to thank my excellent co-hosts, Alex Lawson. Thank you. And Haley Knopf. Thank you. Our intrepid producers, Kelly Mercano and Stephen Trader. Again, a shout out to the entire Law360 Newsroom. We are nothing without your hard work and really appreciate you. Our music comes from Silent Partner and perhaps more importantly, especially in this last show, the musical stylings of Kelly Mercano. If you like Pro Se, we do still have a back catalog that exists. That archive will continue to be out there. And again, listeners, thank you so much for the last seven years.